Hello, and welcome to Knoll Country for Old Men. We're a podcast about board games, tabletop role-playing games, and tabletop war games. And today, we're going to be talking about tabletop war games primarily. Woo! It's been a while since we've done that. It has. As always, I'm your host, Troy. My pronouns are he, him. And I'm joined by Commander. And my name's uh, Ed. My pronouns are they and them. And quick question, are we the baddies? I feel like we're the baddies. I do tend to play Empire a lot for Star Wars Legion, which is today's topic, so I guess we are the baddies. Well, because Empire is obviously the best faction, that's why. I, the best faction for the game, certainly. It's one of the two uh, that are in the World Championship game, which is probably starting up real soon. Uh, one of the reasons we're talking about Legion today is that today is Worlds. Uh, the World Championship for, uh, well, X-Wing and Star Wars Legion is happening today, and I've got the games up on another monitor. And uh, we're seeing how the game is still in play and still going on, and they've announced a good selection of new stuff for it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I think that Legion is probably going to stick around for a while. And we also weren't clever enough to remember to do that for episode 66, so we're doing it now. Yes, we also kind of forgot to do this for episode 66, so next best thing is doing it when there is a major Legion event actually happening. But before we delve into Star Wars Legion and the hand-to-hand like ground combat of Star Wars, the, the wars in Star Wars... We have a segment on this podcast called The Week in Hobby. I'll go first. I've had a pretty, fairly full week of hobby stuff. Um, two X-Wing, uh, two games of Dungeons and Dragons, plus uh, some Blood Bowl. Uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, my Eberron campaign, uh, the first one didn't actually have any combat. The party kind of debated what they were going to do, made a quick stop at a port city to grab some... Uh, resources that they needed to cast big spells, you know, the kind of things that would bring you back to life. I need a gigantic pearl at this arbitrary gold piece value. Thank you, sir. Yes. I mean, Eberron's nice that you can use Dragon Shard Dust um, to replace most of those spell components, so yeah, you can just buy a bunch of that. Do you have to snort that or freebase it? Uh, it depends on your class. Um... But in this case, they managed to get that pretty easily by selling some gems that they had acquired. And then they continued on to the lair, to the, like, fortress city that the Lord of Blades is working on, where they had a chat with some of his acolytes and determined that, in fact, in this version... Nothing suspicious was going on at all. No, actually, they were pretty open with the Warforged member of the party, and they were he was the only one they allowed into the fortress, which is protected by a gigantic prismatic wall, like, city scale. Don't worry, um, man, he's cool. No, uh, the notion, the thing that is going on in this campaign is that the Lord of Blades is attempting to turn himself into a god. Cool. Because there is no god of the Warforged. Uh, I don't, I don't remember the, the whole, the whole phrase. There, there is no God, but God and the Lord of Blades is his messenger. Am I getting that right? 
yeah, um, similar. Uh, <laughs> there was also some religious arguments between the because the Warforged in the party is a cleric mm-hmm. of the like God of the Forge, and so he was a little offended by the notion that they were going to make a god for the Warforged, and some arguments between different members, different acolytes, over whether the gods were dead or not. Hmm. Whether Because the the Eberron gods don't directly interfere or talk to clerics the way that some of the other settings do. Shh. Don't let him know. Let He's going to ask us for stuff if he thinks we're not busy. Well, it, it's more that when you try to talk to the gods like a high level or a high ranking angel or something will pop up and be like how can i help you <laughs> the deity <laughs> you're looking for is not available at the moment <laughs> um so there's a question of uh, so the notion of the gods actually existing is kind of an open one in Eberron, which i like personally but it also means that I'm going to explore some philosophical concepts with each of the four major acolytes having a different philosophical point of view. Huzzah uh, for role-playing. Yeah, the one they talked to was specifically a nihilist and quoted cool. Frederick Nietzsche at them. <laughs> I remember you told me that. Yes, uh, the gods are dead. We have killed them. What? Yeah, he did the full Nietzsche thing. Um, the next one they're going to really deal with is going to be a, what is a Sophilist? The, the, nothing else, nothing is real unless I'm actually experiencing it. Mm. I'm yeah. not, I'm not super versed in like, uh, early modern period philosophy. So I don't think I can quote anybody on that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make each, all four of them different philosophical components and then um, they're gonna get the stuff, get to meet Va- get to meet the Lord of Blades, and he is going to Voltron together with the four acolytes and become a super thing that they have to fight. Huzzah! That that's the plan. I'm, he he's gonna Voltron. To Sounds like a good giant, plan to me. Giant super Lord of Blades. Um, yeah. The other group uh, is in the final fight zone of the campaign in the depths of the dungeon in the Mornlands, where they fought and defeated the, um, uh, Rakshasa Mardukat that they have been like, he, he's been their enemy for a long time. He's been a reoccurring villain. They fought him. They had actual combat with him once before he bailed with, uh, the dimension door or plane shift or something. And he had invited them to dinner once as well, where he, tried to like just bribe them to leave him alone and go away uh they did not take it up take him up on the offer um so you know he's been a long-term villain and they finally killed him uh he he quoted some yeats at them uh you know what rough beast slouches towards what, what rough beast is our come around at last slouches towards the Mornland waiting to be born? Yeah, I got nothing on that one. <laughs> Just some classic, like, apocalyptic poetry-esque thing. Um, and then the big, bad, eldritch demon that they have to kill revealed itself, and uh, that's what they're doing next session, because that one's going to be pretty, pretty crazy. Um... 
given that it's a multi-stage boss fight with a lot of moving parts and like legendary resistances and legendary actions and it's gonna mess some stuff up huzzah yeah uh and then i had a blood bowl game skaven versus elves 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 won but there were so many injuries (laughs) we were just smashing each other to bits that tends to happen with elves well, I, and Skaven as well, but the first block I threw knocked out an elf. Like, just mm-hmm. injured him, broke his legs or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that tracks. Um, and if my uh, if my higher level gutter runner had been on the field, I might have won because there were a couple of times where I got where I was close but not quite there. Close um, only counts in horseshoes. Yeah, but. You know, um, I was almost there. Uh, like, I couldn't quite make the run to touchdown, and so I didn't. But if I had had my higher level guy, he would have been able to make it. So close, and yet so far. Yep. And I've been doing a little painting on my physical Skaven Blood Bowl team. They are coming along nicely. Woo! So how about you, Ed? What's your weekend hobby been? Oh, wait, I was supposed to hobby this week? I mean... Yeah. Whoops. Uh, Shame on me for being unprepared. Uh, I actually didn't get a whole lot done this week. Work's been really busy. Uh, Some changes to my work schedule coming up that are going to be interesting. So we'll see how that plans out. Um, Yeah, just for the most part, just too exhausted to do any kind of hobby related work and by about Wednesday my hands hurt so bad that I was like I cannot hold a paintbrush I don't think so didn't really get much of anything done um been too preoccupied to even really pay much attention to our go game which is probably over before it even started because I'm running out of time um I made a move in a chess game I haven't heard back from the opponent yet so maybe you'll win uh, on time there Possibly. I think I did win on time on another game that somebody just never made a move on. Um, so really the only like hobby-ish, I guess, adjacent thing you could say I did was I read a bunch of comic books and then I put some in boards and bags because I finished reading that stack. And it's adjacent to Marvel Crisis Protocol, uh, except for the fact that they were all DC comics. So, Yeah. Maybe someday we'll get a good DC miniature game that's accessible and not super expensive because the Batman game has some interesting stuff in it, but oh, it is just so hard to get hold of. Um, I'm kind of tempted to just get a bunch of Batman Legos and just use the minifigs just because I think that would also be pretty fun and just yeah. use that instead of the official Lego or the official miniatures because I have I have a couple of Batman things, but I'm pretty sure it could cobble together some more stuff and could make a good lego gotham city that'd be cool so yeah maybe maybe this next week although it is somewhat dry as of well not dry it's at least not raining so i might be able to get some stuff primed uh while i'm doing some housework later today at least let it dry in between whatever other tasks i'm doing uh yeah it's hobby's been kind of hit and miss lately yeah, I mean, 
hopefully as the weather improves, people get out to do stuff. It could be, I think it's about to turn into the, the month of hobby. Yeah, was hoping that maybe there could be like some kind of like in-store gaming stuff happening soon, but I think we're still stuck doing our uh, semi-isolation thing, so probably not any in-store stuff, but uh, I'm sure we can do some more summer and or back porch uh, game conning here at some point soon. Okay. Which is going to be good, because we have Blood Bowl that needs to be played. Yes, and, uh, you know, we should probably play some more physical Star Wars Legion. Yep. I've been itching for some Legion. It's one that I, I always want to get one of the box sets, but for whatever reason, I just haven't done it. Well, let's talk about it. Woo! Star Wars Legion. Announced in 2017 and officially released in 2018... Star Wars Legion is a two-player skirmish um, tabletop war game set, obviously, in the Star Wars universe. It was originally published by Fantasy Flight Games and was eventually moved to uh, Atomic Mass Games, who currently make the parts, make the stuff for it, um, when Fantasy Flight reorganized and uh, kind of stopped doing miniature games. Uh, I have I have strong opinions about this and do not like their parent company that forced it on them, but what can you do? That's capitalism for you. Yay. Yes. Capitalism. So, Star Wars Legion is based around small squads of troops uh, supported by light supported by vehicles and hero units and is, you know, sort of in the vein of War Machine or Warhammer 40k or Warhammer Fantasy in any of the classic tabletop uh, war games. Um, it tends to have a lower miniature count than classic Warhammer 40k armies, Excellent. but obviously a higher miniature count than, say, a Knight Titans Warhammer 40k army, yeah. where you'll take three minis. On the other I'll, hand... I'll say it's pretty much superior to Warhammer 40k in every way, if you want my opinion. There are... It is a better game. The game mechanics are better. The rule system is better. The models are not. Really? Uh, yes, the... Especially the early models. Uh, the early Star Wars Legion models were not of the greatest quality. Uh, they were unassembled and un unpainted. Uh, but their poses were all kind of generic-y, and the, they were made of a slightly softer plastic, um, and they were not as crisp and sharp as a lot of other game company models. Um, nowhere near the like level of detail that you'd get in an Infinity miniatures, and not... <laughs> yeah, that, that is nice, but... and. They also didn't come on sprues, but like pre-plastic bagged. Um, and so their like detail and poses were not as good as your standard Games Workshop model. Um, and the reposability was not there. There was very little variation in what you could do with the models. Uh, they have improved this over the years. Uh, the game's been out for almost five years now. Actually, I think exactly five years, because it came out in March of 2018. Um, 
and they have done some they've made some substantial improvements to model quality uh variation and like posability mm-hmm. of the individual models um so it's they've come a long way with just the general look and feel and if you check out some of the like the differences between the more recent model kits versus the original ones they are done in a harder plastic and um while i still don't think they're all done on sprues they have a lot more detail and much better poses um that is one of the things that switching to atomic mass games actually improved because atomic mass games is good at um human poses yeah they generally i've been pretty happy with i say most of uh the stuff that I've gotten from them for Marvel Crisis Protocol. If you ignore their weird shenanigans with how they sculpt the minis and how they get separated, but that's a, a separate thing. But other than that, they're actually quite nice. They paint easily. So hopefully that same is now true for Star Wars Legion as well. It is. And because the Star Wars Legion poses tend to be, you know, more battlefield and less ridiculously comic book dynamic mm-hmm. the models are less finicky to put together awesome um which i very much enjoy i've got no no having to put like uh stormtrooper elbow pads on as a separate piece and all that no the stormtrooper arms are one piece for Good. the most part i don't know why that um, seems to be an issue that they struggle with in uh marvel crisis protocol but they get some weird shit yeah i mean i've got three of the models on my desk right now and these are all new-ish ones well two of them are new-ish one is one of the older ones and you can kind of tell the difference in quality and like detail level between looking at the old boba fett miniature and looking at the much newer cad bane Mm -hmm. um like just the like the pants, for example, are much have much crisper folds and such, and the mm, like arm crispy. gauntlet details are much stronger on the newer models. Mm-hmm. Um, they they've just improved quite dramatically in how good the models are. Well, um, good on you, Atomic Mass Games. Yeah, that's that's what they're good at. But we should, I suppose, talk about what you get what the products are it originally came out with a core box set um which was around a hundred dollars is probably a little more now but it was rebels versus imperials came with two squads of stormtroopers two squads of rebel troopers some speeder bikes for the imperials an atrt like light walker thing for the rebels darth vader and luke skywalker plus all the kit plus all the like tokens and measuring tools and such and dice that you needed to play the game i think it's still quite a good value yeah it's Um, a solid starter kit it'll get you going yes and also and basically the gist of the two starter armies was that the imperials were the like they could take more damage and like they were the heavyweights their models kind of moved slower for the most part, but could take a lot of damage and dish out a lot of shooting. Whereas the Rebels were more nimble and flexible. Uh, they could move faster, grab objectives, and also... Um, but they, you know, 
took a lot more damage and didn't hit quite as hard because of it. As tends to happen with rebels. I mean, that's kind of the situation it was between the rebels and the Imperials. The rebels are a little more flexible, a little more motion, and the Imperials like big static gun lines in terms of gain. And the vehicles that they would later get uh, sort of added to this. The Imperial ATST is not particularly fast, but it has all the guns. <laughs> Whereas the Rebel Snowspeeder, or Landspeeder, whatever, zips around the map at incredibly high speeds and uh, blasts things. Can't catch me! Yes. Um, the game added more and more models. Uh, you got Snow Troopers, Rebel Commandos... Uh, a few other options. And then in 2019, at the end of the year, they added the Clone Wars. Woo! Uh, which came with its own new core set. Uh, featuring the battle droids. Uh, Droidicas. You know, the Rolly Boys. Yep. And General Grievous. <laughs> General Kenobi. I have been informed quite reliably, that General Grievous has been trained in your Jedi arts by one Count Dooku. <laughs> it also came with, on the flip side, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. Clone Troopers and a Bark Speeder, which is the, like, sidecar speeder. Nice. Uh, that just showed up in an episode of The Mandalorian. Woo! I'm I'm still not caught up. I've still got to finish Boba Fett and then go to Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Saying that the Bark Speeder showed up in an episode is not exactly a spoiler. <laughs> Bro, spoilers. Bro, a speeder bike showed up in an episode. No, don't tell me. Oh my god. There are plenty of spoilers for this season. I'm just not going to tell you any of them. Thank you. Um, This is the way. Uh, so this added, you know, a whole new set, uh, two new factions. And, you know, as they went on, they added a bunch more options, um, including, uh, the classic, uh, battle droid tank. Uh, you know, the one from episode one that's like tan colored. Yep. I like that tank. It's a good one. Yes. It's considered one of the best, like tank units, one of the best heavy support units in the game too. It's just good. At least until um, the Gungans show up, I guess. At least until the Gungans show up, yeah. And then the um, Empire got their equivalent, which has shown up in a few video games and stuff. The, uh... What's it called? Is that the one that kind of looks like a crawler? No, the Saber-class fighter tank. The Sorry, the Republic one. Oh, the one that, that kind of looks like a Stormtrooper helmet. Yeah, vaguely. Um, the Imperials do have the crawler tank that shows up in Rogue One. The uh, grav something occupier. During the ambush sequence yep. on Jeddah. Um, yeah, so they get that. Uh, the All the classic stuff has been added for the most part. You got lots of battle droids, the basic ones. You have the super battle droids upgrade version. You've got the... Um, weird rolling one that has rear weird rolling droid tank that has like the single mono tread <laughs> i remember um, that one how does it turn how uh, does it turn the force i i would guess there's some no one knows it's a droid uh the sat app riders which is the like 
episode one droids on vertical speeder bike things. <laughs> Giant pogo sticks. Yeah, they're like flying pogo sticks. And the Republic ATRTs, which are pretty great. Um, just, they look cool. Commando droids, ARC troopers. And, of course, to go with all this, you, you we've had a whole bunch of bounty hunters. I mentioned Cad Bane and Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Maul. They've had all the classic uh, heroes. Han Solo's available. Luke's available. Uh, Leia, Lando, Chewie. I gotta get me that uh, Pedro Pascal model. Yes, actually. Um, because in 2021... 2021? Sometime in the 20s. More recently. Uh, I think maybe 2022. Uh, last Yeah, last year they added a new faction called the Shadow Collective. Uh, which is composed primarily of, you know, your scum and villainy types. It's got... Uh, Darth Maul-led Mandalorians from the Clone Wars era. It's got um, the Pike Syndicate and the Black Sun. And interestingly, it changed some stuff and introduced the concept of mercenaries. So now there are a bunch of models that are available and that can fight with kind of any side. They have multiple groups that they can be part of that you can add you can add them to different armies. Bounty um, hunters. We don't need their scum. Exactly. Uh, it added a whole list of bounty hunters um, available to multiple armies, including... Well, okay. You have Boba Fett, Cad Bane. You have Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, uh, who, if he's fighting on the side of the Republic, he gets Grogu. Um, you have IG-88 and IG-11. Yes, son. Um, you have Bosk. Um, I think that might actually be all of them. But they all can be used by a few different organizations, a few different uh, sides. Um, and this, you know, allows for a lot of variety in play. Um, they also have a lot of dirty tricks. That That's really As the Bounty Hunters thing, is dirty tricks. That's like the entirety of the scum faction in X-Wing. It's just dirty tricks. Yes. The bounty hunters are especially dirty tricks because they... Well, actually, I think, suppose the next thing to really get into is um, what the army composition is. So, Legion follows this sort of classic tabletop wargaming system in that you have an army composition where you have different types of troops and each of them can do different things uh for starters you have your leaders of which you can typically have two of um and this would be you know a commander like darth vader for the empire or luke skywalker for the rebels um darth maul for the sorry not darth maul just maul for the shadow collective uh obi-wan or anakin for the uh, Republic or Count Dooku, General Grievous for the um, separatists. Uh, these are these tend to be either hero units or like specific officer types. Uh, the Empire also has like General Veers and Director Krennic, and all the sides have a generic officer that you can slot in there too if you just 
want to have a cheap guy who can hand out orders. <laughs> you um, go here. I have no name. Well, they're like Rebel Officer or Tactical Series Battle Droid. Where they can sort of just be in command of your army so that you don't have to spend a whole bunch of points on having Darth Vader show up. Because um, sure. Darth Vader or the Emperor are very expensive models in terms of point cost. This um, is such a small skirmish. Why is the Emperor here? Exactly. And why did he drag the Imperial Guard with him? The, the, the guys in the red capes. Um, so you have your commanders, and they're important. They have a hand of cards that they give to you that kind of influences how each round is played and provides uh, interesting, specific actions that can happen. Um, then we have the operatives. Operatives are, again, they tend to be named hero units. Uh, Han and Chewbacca, operatives. All the bounty hunters I named, available as operatives. Um, uh, there's alternate versions of Luke and Darth Vader that are available as operatives. C-3PO and R2-D2 can show up as operatives. <laughs> um, as can, like, Padme and, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the others. Mostly it's just, like, bounty hunters and heroes that they're not actively in command, um, but they can still contribute special command cards to the hand that you get. And they, uh, really, they're more, like, a utility character in this position. Mm -hmm. They can run around and do stuff. And some of them can have things like bounties or secret missions that if you accomplish whatever their goal is, you will score an extra victory point at the end of the game. Huzzah! Uh, which provides a new way to, you know, alter the conditions of how the how you win. Because mm -hmm. um, it is a objective and victory point based game. Uh, the third level of, like, types of unit is troopers. And troopers are the core of the army. You have to take at least two trooper units. And troopers are things like rebel troopers, clone troopers, storm troopers, uh, battle droids, etc. Your um, grunts. Your grunts. You need a certain amount of them, and you have to have a certain, like, there's a limit to how many other things you can take if you're not just taking, you have to have, you have to have a lot of grunts, effectively. That's generally how an army works. Yes, that's how most of these armies work. Um, after that, you have your, like, specialist troops, uh, which is your commandos, your uh, sniper teams, your things like that. Um, your arc troopers, your... Uh, yeah, basically, it's they're still ground-based troops for the most part, but they do extra stuff. You got a job um, to do. That's why you're there. Yeah. Uh, you're like Wookiee Warriors are in here. Your Mana Guard droids are in here. Your Death Troopers are in this section. Uh, these are things that are stronger than normal troopers and thus you are kind of limited in how many you can have on the table. Um, all Wookiees. All Wookiees all the way down. Double Wookiees is very terrifying if you're a <laughs> Rebel player because they are incredibly hard to kill. And they are real terrifying if they get into hand-to-hand -in -hand combat because they can just clean up an entire unit of stormtroopers. They just tear arms off. <laughs> I was um, going to say, do they make a special role for tearing arms off? 
No, but they have special rules about if they've been wounded or lost models, they do extra damage in combat. <laughs> um, then we get into your, uh, I think they call them like support models. Basically, the next tier is uh, light vehicles and like specialty things. This is where your swoop bikes go, your speeder bikes, your uh, ATRTs. Basically, fairly fast-moving or lightly armored things that tend to not be physical troopers. They're troopers that are, like, using an emplacement or something. Um, Weapons, your soft-skinned vehicles. Yes, your... Speed things. Yeah, your speeders, your uh, tauntaun riders or do-back riders are here. Um, anything where it's more than just a guys but not a tank and then your last one is your heavy support which yeah, are tanks son. and big walkers this is your atst your uh drop ships your um saber tanks your whatever that cool uh separatist droid tank is the, all of those heavy support here's, here's um, a question when do i get my uh tabletop scale atat uh, you go and you buy the popcorn holder AT-AT from Disneyland <laughs> in the Star Wars world, which is roughly the right scale. Nice. Um, people have done this since the game came out. People have been searching for the correct scale ones, uh, oftentimes to make terrain, but sometimes just to like use as a big model. It, it would take up most of the battlefield that you fight on, so no one really uses it. See, this is um, this is why they need to add the epic scale for Legion, kind of like how they had epic battles in X-Wing. I mean, the game is already, like, three, by, three feet by six feet battlefield, so it's pretty uh, large. Um, so how do you play it? Well, as I mentioned, it's an objective-based game. And so that means it's based on scenarios. The way it works is each player has a deck of... A, a set of, like, starting cards. And whoever has the lower point value army gets to use their cards. And you reveal four uh, objectives, four deployments, and four, like, twists. I think the last one is, like, conditions? Yeah, conditions. And then you take turns, like saying, I don't want to do this one, I don't want to do that one, uh, until you end up with what your objectives are, what your deployment is, and what your conditions is. Um, for example, you might have one that's, like, the clear condition is a common one for starters. There, It has no effect. Um, and your Perfect mission might be... Bowl. And your mission might be sabotage the moisture evaporators, or collect supplies, or key positions where you just have to like hold points on the map. Um, and then your uh, deployment could be something like the long march where you deploy on the far ends of the table, the like six foot distance between you. Do you have to take Mao um, if you take that uh, setup? You do not. There is no Mao card. <laughs> um, or perhaps major offensive where you kind of deploy on the two corners, but with a large space uh on e each direction um this provides a good variety um in that because you shuffle and you kind of 
both players get a chance to kind of take out things they really don't like, but there's always going to be a big variety of options available for, you know, what you might have to build a list for. And variety is good for your war games. Repetition is the death of a war game. Yeah, and so this variety uh, means that you can't just build one type of list to win every time. Um, Once you've done this, you take your models, you alternate placing them on the field, and then each model has a little token that is their order token. Um, And this is based on type of model. So all your trooper models use the same, all your, like, Basic troops have the same kind of token. All your leaders have the same kind of token. Um, You will get these. You uh, have them set up. Once all your models are out, you determine who goes first by choosing... uh, On each turn, you choose a command card. Uh, There are some basic command cards. Uh, There's four basic command cards, and then each leader you get each leader you have will add up to three. The most you can have in your hand is seven, so you kind of can throw away some of those basic ones. And there's some rules on how you um, how you can use them and which ones you can bring. Um, but the concept is that each of them has a priority and you both players will place one face down and then reveal what they have, and whoever has the lower value of a command card will take the initiative on that turn. Always gamble one. Uh, yeah, if you have a the one pip command card, you can always use that. Um, the four pip command card standing orders is always the seventh card in your hand, um, because it is the lowest value, does nothing special, and um, returns back to your hand. So that you never run out of command cards and, like, can't go. The order um, stands. Yeah, it, it's basically a just keep fighting, guys. I will say, card. for the Emperor expansion, is there a card called Order 66? No. Why? Uh, because cause he's already in the uh, Galactic Empire. Such a, a wasted opportunity. Yeah, but, I mean, orders are things like... Um, Return of the Jedi is one of Luke's, where he gets to do... And the thing about the orders, the specific order cards for individual people, are things that they are good at. Things that they're special with. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I'm going to look at this and see if I can find one. Um... Darth Vader's cards include new ways to motivate them. <laughs> Torture. Which, al- which allows him to choke someone to death in order to make them perform a free action, essentially. The, uh, 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 the, the Imperium model, I don't know, the Commissar model. There we go. Yes. Uh, he also has Master of Evil, which gives true. him an order which lets him dodge... And uh, when he activates, everyone around him gets really afraid of him Uh, and gains suppression tokens, which can cause them to panic and run away. Basically the end scene of Rogue One. Exactly. It is full on that. 
it's, oh shit, Darth Vader's here and he's surrounded by fear and dead men. Um, so these vary dramatically depending on what your, who your commander is, who the people are. Um, and they really change up the play style of the game as they allow you to use the different abilities that you have from, uh, different models to, you know, play your army the way you want to play your army. Um, the next thing that you kind of do is once you've done that, uh, you assign orders. So each command card tells you how many, uh, order tokens you can assign and what units you can assign them to. Um, some will vary depending on who the commander is, but for the most part, it's just X number of units. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have to be within range of one of your commanders and then you assign them a face-up token. Units with a face-up token may be activated when you play the game, after you've done this step. Uh, the first player, whoever had priority, activates a unit. You can do that either by, uh taking one of your face-up order tokens and flipping it down and activating that unit, or drawing from a pile of all your other tokens, um, which would be, like, everyone who doesn't have a face-up order token goes into a bag and you pull one at random and then have to activate a unit of that type. Mm. Um, this provides an interesting way to, like, control activation, because if you assign orders to all of the units of one type and just have troops in your bag, you always know what you're going to pull out. Yep, I However, like the activation system. Yeah, um, and there are certain armies, uh, the droids in particular, that have abilities to like chain activations. When you give an order to one, if they have the coordinate skill, they can give an order to another unit. Um, if yes, then... Yes, which is very important because droid troops that don't have orders have an AI functionality <laughs> where they their first action will always be something specific. It's like, like the Tyranids, move. they have to stay within the, uh, the psychic range or they just start lurking and doing what they want. Yeah, well, it's sort of that left to their own devices, the B1 battle droids will always start their turn by shooting. <laughs> Because that, that's what... Roger, Roger. Roger, Blast them. Um, the, left to their own devices, they'll always just shoot. And the thing about that is... They would have to shoot if you don't give them an order token. And that means they shoot before they aim. <laughs> or before they move into position to have a good shot. Just start or anything shooting. like that. So it's very important to keep them... Like, with orders... So that you can control what they do and they don't just fire wildly at people who are too far away to be good targets. So anyway, I started blasting. Yeah, um, it's it makes the droids tricky, but also really strong because they have a wide variety of ways to chain orders across and can set up like near perfect control of their boards. Oh, boy. Um, I mean... The downside is, of course, they're droids, so they fall apart immediately upon getting shot. They uh, they're not very the, smart. They have lots of them, but they also have the worst armor and wor some of the worst guns in the game. <laughs> um, although they can get some support weapons that are a little stronger, and their vehicles are quite good. Um, so uh, there's a wide variety of things you can do. The clones, on the other hand, 
uh, are the ultra elite army and that they are the best armor and some of the best guns, but the fewest model count. Mm-hmm. And they also tend to um, have some issues. They have some cool abilities to like hand tokens back and forth as they support each other if they're close together. Um, but at the same time, that ability has been nerfed and weakened and altered over the years. So they are always kind of in a weird state. It sounds counterintuitive that the clones have fewer models when they are literally clones. Yes, but if you look at, like, the Grand Army of the Republic versus the droids, the clones were always outnumbered. Because um, the robots were cheaper to manufacture than clones. And the clones were, despite being clones, they were clones of, like, a super soldier kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then they were highly trained and given the best equipment available because the Galactic Republic was not skimping on that kind of shit. Um, so go big that's, or go that's home. kind of the, that's kind of the concept there. And and they're led by Jedi who want an elite force, right? <laughs> um, so that's kind of been the gist of that. Um. Actually, I think that describes all of the factions. But so you take turns alternating your activations, your models go, they shoot at each other, they can use aim tokens. They can take an aim action to get an aim token, which you can use to reroll, or you can take a dodge action to get a dodge token, which you can use to cancel hits. Uh, you can hide behind cover, which cancels hits. You can. Um, when you shoot at somebody, if you get any hits at all, even if they like block it with cover or dodge it or take it on the armor, they get suppression, which can reduce the number of actions they get, but give them additional cover. Or if they get enough of it, um, based on the model's courage value, it can um, make it so that they don't get to act at all. They're panicked. Just gotta uh, hit there the dirt. Few... Yeah, they gotta hit the dirt. There are a few different mechanics that can that are built around this. Uh, some rebel units have mechanics where, like, suppression won't stop them. They just don't give a shit. Uh, or there's other ones that, other units that give out extra suppression because their weapons, like, do extra suppression. Mm-hmm. And so they're useful for trying to tie up enemy units. Um, certain units kind of ignore suppression, uh, droids, for example, don't dive for cover and don't stop getting extra actions, but they can get panicked if they get enough. That's weird um, that droids feel fear. Well, it's not that they feel fear, it because they don't dive for cover. They don't get slowed down by it, but when they get enough suppression, they, like, lose the ability to act. 404, action not found. Yeah, well, there's just too much incoming fire, so they can't move. Sort of thing. Uh, Darth Vader has an infinite courage value, so he never panics, <laughs> um, no matter how much suppression you put on him. Of course he doesn't. Because um, he's Darth Vader. He doesn't give a shit. Um, yeah, there, there's a, some fun tricks like that in the game. Um, and then the game goes for six rounds. You all take turns alternating activations, choosing cards... And at the end, you try to hold the objectives. You get victory points depending on how many objectives you hold at the end of the game. 
or how many crates of goods you've stolen or whether you've sabotaged the moisture evaporators or whatever. Um, if you have a bounty hunter, you can get an extra victory point by taking a bounty on your opponent's uh, commanders or I think it just specifically it has to be their commanders or operatives. Um, and then if you have certain units with uh, secret missions like R2-D2 or Padme Amidala, uh, you can get a victory point for completing their secret mission, which tends to be like getting across the board. Or like, <laughs> like you have to end the game in your employment, in your opponent's deployment zone kind of thing. I'm just going to go into this battle and just walk straight across the board instead of taking the long way around. Yeah, you're going to get shot if you do that, but... I mean, that's sort of R2-D2's, uh, he's got a secret mission sort of thing. It's very flavorful. Um, mm, flavor. Mm, yes. Uh, the game has been fairly well supported. Uh, it has a long-standing tradition of store championships, regionals, and world championships. Uh, right now, the world championship is going on. I have it up, the final match between... Uh, Lila Claire and Luke Cook. Uh, Lila Claire is from the UK and is playing what is a army called Pink Suns because it's a Black Sun army, but it's mostly been painted pink. <laughs> nice. Um, and Luke Cook is an American and the defending world championship and the defending world champion, I should say. And um, he is playing an Imperial Gunline list with Darth Vader. And a shitload of, like, mortars and snipers. Good times. Um, his general, like, his style of play tends to be to just, like, sit back, make the enemy come to you, and just blast them, blast the crap out of them, and then in the last two turns of the game, surge out and take the middle objectives. Um, I don't know what Lila Claire's style of play is. I'm very surprised, like, how much the game actually got traction, because I remember seeing, like, all the previews and stuff for when it was first being released. I was like, eh, it maybe looks kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think it's going to stand up to 40k, and then it just it seemed to catch on well enough. It's caught on well enough. It's not as massively well known as 40k, but the rules system is quite strong, and they released a physical, like, fully updated and errated rulebook just this year. So now if you want to, instead of like the learn to play rules from the book, uh, from the starter kit and um, the like errata packs online, you can just buy a physical copy of the rules that have everything cleaned up and made easier to understand. Huzzah. Um, it doesn't really change any of the rules. It does sort of, they, they changed a few little things like measuring silhouettes and, um, the movement is easier to like climb up onto stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, the original rules had this whole clambering system that had you like possibly your guys would die when they tried to climb something. <laughs> Clamber um, faster. That has been removed and instead you just kind of get to climb up stuff. It just makes you move slower. It's a good change, I, I think. But yeah, uh, Legion has been quite successful. And I think it will continue to be successful. They've announced new models, including Ewoks and Geonosians. Uh, they, you know, keep supporting it with more content. And there's plenty of additional Star Wars content that they haven't gotten to yet. Do Ewoks um, get an automatic win against the Empire? 
No, but they get a bunch of special abilities uh, like um, log traps and stuff. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. They, they've got some real cool abilities uh, open to them. Um, and uh, there, there's are no Gungans in the game yet. I thought they're. I thought they were adding them in. Nope, they have not yet. Hmm. Uh, they're still. I suppose potentially could, but I don't believe they've added that Gungans have been announced or released for Legion. I don't know. Maybe I, I was hallucinating that. Who knows? Uh, they've added some. You know, more swoop bike riders, more bounty hunters, more Mandalorian stuff. Um, but it looks like the next wave of things that they've announced is kind of focusing back on classic Clone Wars hmm. moves, which is uh, kind of cool. Yeah, I guess it makes sense since kind of outside the original three movies, Clone Wars and that series seems to be like the go-to place for what people want. And of course, they Moff Gideon and the Dark Troopers came out real recently, so that gave them a solid bit of uh, Mandalorian era stuff. Nice. Um They've also added a few new ways to play recently, uh, including, what what do they call them? Um, skirmish. Uh, well, they added a skirmish mode a couple of years ago, like early 2020. They added a skirmish mode. Um, they added, um, what are they, they called them something... And I can't remember what it is. Oh, Battle Forces. Which are boxes that are specifically aimed at a specific style of army. Mm -hmm. um, for example, the uh, Imperial uh, Blizzard Force. The group that assaulted Hoth. And it changes... So yeah, it changes up. It gives you some special rules. It gives you some special like list-building rules. And a more limited selection of what sort of units you can bring. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, like, lists of specific upgrades and such that you can get. Uh, they've added a couple of Clone Wars versions as well. Um, and they've come out with special boxes for these. Uh, where it's just a collection of, like, the core units that are in it in a box that you can just grab. Mm -hmm. uh, they also recently released the Imperial Remnant Battle Force. Fun. Uh, which has Moff Gideon and allows you to bring Dark Troopers as uh um core units as well as heavy units huzzah so you can just uh load up on dark troopers i do they're what still, i want they're still crazy like expensive points wise so you probably can't get too many of them but you could bring like up to four of them you know wreck somebody's day right there yes i mean that being said, you can't bring a lot of other things, like any form of tank. <laughs> uh, Dark tank. Yeah. Or any Jedis, you can just have Moff Gideon or an Imperial officer, and you don't get any operatives at all. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're, you're kind of limited on what you can have, but you get some cool options because of it. Yes, and they son. also announced just recently a new play mode as well beyond that called Special Operations. Um, 
that's just a new way to play. It's uh, you get a preset list of squads and kind of a preset objective. Um, it's still in beta. Um, it won't be official until probably April, May. Um, but they are testing out some new rules for the different factions to uh, try out a different way to play this sort of uh, specific objectives and specific lists. Sounds good. Yeah, it sounds interesting, and it's a way to keep the game fresh. And the fact that they are releasing new models and new content for the game pretty consistently, you know, that's a good sign for its long-term health. I think Yeah, it as... doesn't seem to be losing any steam at all. Yeah, um, and with the increase in store championships that they've announced for next year, and the um, you know, like general consensus on worlds being good and the game being in a fairly good state, um, I think it's one that's liable to come back from the pandemic, like pause that everything's had pretty strong. Woo. Get wrecked. Warhammer 10th edition. Yeah, we'll see. 10th edition is, is I suspect going to be controversial. Anything games workshop is going to be controversial. Yes. But I mean, it's making some pretty serious changes to stuff. So games workshop fans hate changes. Games Workshop um, fans hate everything. This is true. Um, so yeah, we'll see whether it's good or bad and whether people like it or not. Um, in any case, that's Star Wars Legion. I encourage you to check it out if you like Star Wars. I encourage you to check it out if you want to roll a bunch of dice um, and shoot things. I, I should mention, I suppose, it uses custom dice. Um, because Ooh, it is a game that dice. was... It was a game that was created by Fantasy Flight Games, so of course it uses custom dice. Uh, how me. many games do you like that... How many games do you play that don't use custom dice? Um, Advanced Squad Leader. I think Kill Team uses custom dice now. Yes. Um, yeah, like I said... Song of Ice and Fire uses regular dice. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah, like I said, custom dice is a pretty standard thing for these games. And I will say the fact that the core boxes come with a set of dice and you can also buy them separately for relatively cheap makes it pretty worthwhile. There's just, there's five dice, five different types, three for attacking and two for defending. Um, and they're pretty color coded and the symbols are fairly straightforward. And if it's, it's GW, to... they'd give you just one less dice than you need. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, you can build things that are crazy and, um, like, real strange that need a whole bunch of extra dice, especially if you're running a uh, droid unit that has all the guns. Um, but, for the most part, you don't need that many dice. Um... So yeah, yeah, son, Star Wars. That's Legion. On this podcast, we have a segment called Board Game Corner, and today we're going to talk about The Crew. Uh, I don't think I've heard of this one. I have it. It's called. Its official title is The Crew Quest for Planet Nine, although there's Woo! also a like deep sea version. 
I've not yet had a chance to play it, but it's essentially a co-op game for two to five players. Uh, originally came out in 2019. Um, the, the core concept is that you have to go through a series of missions by playing cards to meet tasks. Uh, mm -hmm. It's kind of a trick-taking game. Um, every You only complete a mission if all the players are successful in fulfilling your tasks. Yeah, um, boy. It's got some cool art. It's got a pretty solid, like... Um, a lot of people like it. It's got a pretty solid rating on Board Game Geek. I want to play some more of it to actually see how much, it, how good it is. Because um, co-op games like this sometimes devolve into one player just directing everyone else what to do. So I worry about that. Yeah, but, quarterbacking, but, not great. Yeah, but overall, it's fairly cheap and fairly quick to play and uh, not overly complex. So definitely worth checking out if you're interested in sort of co-op games that are card-based. Sounds good enough to me. Yeah, and that's our show. As always, follow us on social media if you care to do social media. Um, keep playing games. Support your local GameStop. Organize your labor. Um, do we really want to support our local GameStop? Last time I went in there, it was weird. I, oh, yes. Uh, you can support your local GameStop if you want, but support your local game store first and then i guess your local gamestop well you can support your local gamestop by not going in because the way that their sales system works their employees do better on their record if you actually buy nothing as opposed to buying something but not taking any of the upsells so yes yeah, support your local gamestop by not going there <laughs> that is so weird it is very weird that, uh, yeah counterintuitive upselling is dumb but you know what's not dumb is following animadness on instagram you can see me post some stuff there occasionally when i get around to it i've not been super great at it lately and uh while you're there you can support your lgbtqia plus charities um join your union start a union uh, uh, general leftist platitudes. I got, I got nothing else. I'm still sleepy. Roger, Roger. Yep. And as always, go clones. Go, uh, go, go, Roger. Rogering intensifies. End of podcast. Roger, 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 Roger. <laughs>